0: Today we continue the Torah portion Pekudiai and it means countings. Exodus 39:13 to 31. And the fourth row, a beryl, a lapis lazuli and a jasper, they were encircled in their mountings with frames of gold. The stones corresponded in number to the names of the sons of Israel twelve according to their names, engraved like seals, each with its name for the twelve tribes. On the breastpiece they made braided chains of corded work in pure gold. They made two frames of gold and two rings of gold, and fastened the two rings at the two ends of the breastpiece, attaching the two golden cores to the two rings at the ends of the breastpiece. They then fastened the two ends of the cords to the two frames, attaching them to the shoulder pieces of the ephod at the front. They made two rings of gold and attached them to the two ends of the breastpiece, at its inner edge which faced the ephod. They made two other rings of gold and fastened them on the front of the ephod, low on the two shoulder pieces close to its seam above the decorated band. The breastpiece was held in place by a cord of blue from its rings to the rings of the ephod, so that the breastpiece rested on the decorated band and did not come loose from the ephod, as Hashem had commanded Moses. The robe for the ephod was made of woven work, of pure blue. The opening of the robe in the middle of it was like the opening of a coat of mail, with a binding around the opening so that it would not tear. On the hem of the robe they made pomegranates of blue, purple, and crimson yarns, twisted. They also made bells of pure gold and attached the bells between the pomegranates, all around the hem of the robe between the pomegranates, a bell and a pomegranate, a bell and a pomegranate, all around the hem of the robe for officiating in, as Hashem had commanded Moses. They made the tunics of fine linen, of woven work, for Aaron and his sons and the headdress of fine linen, and the decorated turbans of fine linen, and the linen breeches of fine twisted linen, and sashes of fine twisted linen, blue, purple, and crimson yarns, done in embroidery, as Hashem had commanded Moses. They made the frontlet for the holy diadem of pure gold, and incised upon it the seal inscription, Holy to Hashem they attached to it a cord of blue to fix it upon the headdress above, as Hashem had commanded Moses. 1 Kings eighteen one to 39 Much later, in the third year, the word of Hashem came to Elijah, Go, appear before a calf. Then I will send rain upon the earth. Thereupon, Elijah set out to appear before Ahab. The famine was severe in Shomro. Ahab had summoned Ovajah, the steward of the palace. Ovadja revered Hashem greatly. When Jezebel was killing off the Nevi'im of Hashem, Ovadja had taken a hundred Nevi'im and hidden them, fifty to a cave, and provided them with food and drink. And Ahab had said to Avajah, Go through the land, to all the springs of water, and to all the rivers. First we shall find some grass to keep horses and mules alive, so that we are not left without beasts. They divided the country between them to explore it, Ahab going alone in one direction and Avajah going alone in another direction. Avajah was on the road when Elijah suddenly confronted him. Ovaja recognized him and flung himself on his face, saying, Is that you, my lord, Elijah? Yes, it is I, he answered. Go tell your lord, Elijah is here. But he said, What wrong have I done that you should hand your servant over to Ahab to be killed? As Hashem your God lives, there is no nation or kingdom to which my lord has not sent to look for you. And when they said, He is not here, he made that kingdom or nation swear that you could not be found. And now you say, Go tell your Lord, Elijah is here. When I leave you, the Spirit of Hashem will carry you off. I don't know where. And when I come and tell Ahab and he does not find you, he will kill me. Yet your servant has revered Hashem from my youth. My Lord has surely been told what I did when Jezebel was killing the Nevi'im of Hashem. How I hid a hundred of the Nevi'im of Hashem, fifty men to a cave, and provided them with food and drink. And now you say, Go tell your Lord, Elijah is here. Why, he will kill me. Elijah replied, As the Lord of hosts lives, whom I serve, I will appear before him this very day. Ovajah went to find Ahab and informed him, and Ahab went to meet Elijah. When Ahab caught sight of Elijah, Ahab said to him, Is that you, you troubler of Israel? He retorted, It is not I who have brought trouble to Israel, but you and your father's house by forsaking the commandments of Hashem and going after Balaam. Now summon all Israel to join me at Mount Carmel, together with the 450 Nevi'im of Baal and the 400 Nevi'im of Asherah who eat at Jezebel's table. Ahab sent orders to all Israelites and gathered the Nevi'im at Mount Carmel. Elijah approached all the people and said, How long will you keep hopping between two opinions? If HaShem is HaShem, follow Him, and if Baal, follow Him. But the people answered him not a word. Then Elijah said to the people, I am the only Navi of HaShem left, while the Nevi'im of Baal are 450 men let two young bulls be given to us let them choose one bull cut it up and lay it on the wood but let them not apply fire i will prepare the other bull and lay it on the wood and will not apply fire you will then invoke your god by name and i will invoke hashem by name and let us agree the god who responds with fire that one is hashem and all the people answered very good Elijah said to the Nevi'im of Baal, Choose one bull and prepare it first, for you are the majority. Invoke your God by name, but apply no fire. They took the bull that was given them. They prepared it and invoked Baal by name from morning until noon, shouting, O Baal, answer us! But there was no sound, and none who responded, so they performed a hopping dance about the altar that had been set up. When noon came, Elijah mocked them, saying, "'Shout louder! After all, he is a god. But he may be in conversation, he may be detained, or he may be on a journey, or perhaps he is asleep and will wake up.' So they shouted louder and gnashed themselves with knives and spears according to their practice, until the blood streamed over them. When noon passed, they kept raving until the hour of presenting the meal offering. Still, There was no sound, and none who responded or heeded. Then Elijah said to all the people, Come closer to me, and all the people came closer. He repaired the damaged altar of Hashem. Elijah took twelve stones corresponding to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, to whom the word of Hashem had come, Israel shall be your name. And with the stones he built an altar in the name of Hashem. Around the altar he made a trench large enough for two seam of seed. He laid out the wood, and he cut up the bull and laid it on the wood. And he said, Fill four jars with water, and pour it over the burnt offering and the wood. Then he said, Do it a second time, and they did it a second time. Do it a third time, he said, and they did it a third time. The water ran down around the altar, and even the trench was filled with water." When it was time to present the meal offering, the Navi Elijah came forward and said, HaShem, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known today that you are HaShem in Israel, and that I am your servant, and that I have done all these things at your bidding. Answer me, HaShem, answer me, that this people may know that you, HaShem, are HaShem, for you have turned their hearts backward. Then fire from HaShem, descended and consumed the burnt offering, the wood, the stones, and the earth, and it licked up the water that was in the trench. When they saw this, all the people flung themselves on their faces and cried out, Hashem alone is God. Hashem alone is God. Mark 10, 13-31 And they, the crowds, brought young children to him, that he should touch them, and his disciples rebuked those that brought them. But when Yeshua saw it, he was much displeased, and said to them, Suffer the little children to come unto me, and forbid them not, for of such is the kingdom of God. Verily I say unto you, Whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child, he shall not enter therein and he took them up in his arms, put his hands upon them, and blessed them. And when he was gone forth into the way, there came one running and kneeled to him, and asked him, Good Master, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? And Yeshua said to him, Why do you call me good? There is none good but one, and that is God. You know the commandments. Do not commit adultery, do not kill, do not steal, Do not bear false witness, defraud not, honor your father and mother. And he answered and said to him, Master, all these have I observed from my youth. Then Yeshua, beholding him, loved him, and said to him, One thing you lack. Go your way, sell whatever you have, give to the poor, and you shall have treasure in heaven. And come, take up the cross, and follow me. And he was sad at that saying, and went away grieved, for he had great possessions. And Yeshua looked round about and said to his disciples, How hard shall they that have riches enter into the kingdom of God? And the disciples were astonished at his words. But Yeshua answered again and said to them, Children, how hard it is for them that trust in riches to enter into the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. And they were astonished out of measure, saying among themselves, Who then can be saved? And Yeshua, looking upon them, said, With men it is impossible, but not with God, for with God all things are possible. Then Peter began to say to him, Lo, we have left all and have followed you. And Yeshua answered and said, Verily I say unto you, There is no man that has left house, or brethren, or sisters, or father, or mother, or wife, or children, or lands, for my sake, and the gospel's. But he shall receive a hundredfold now in this time, houses, and brethren, and sisters, and mothers, and children, and lands, with persecutions, and in the world to come, eternal life." But many that are first shall be last, and the last first. Psalm 44, 9-26 But you, God, have cast off and put us to shame, and go not forth with our armies. You make us to turn back from the enemy, and they which hate us spoil for themselves. You have given us sheep appointed for meat, and have scattered us among the heathen. You sell your people for naught, and do not increase your wealth by their price. You make us a reproach to our neighbors, a scorn and a derision to them that are round about us. You make us a byword among the heathen, a shaking of the head among the people. My confusion is continually before me, and the shame of my face has covered me for the voice of him that reproaches and blasphemes by reason of the enemy and avenger. All this has come upon us, yet have we not forgotten you, neither have we dealt falsely in your covenant. Our heart is not turned back, neither have our steps declined from your way. You have... A sore broken us in the place of dragons and covered us with with the shadow of death. If we have forgotten the name of our God, or stretched out our hands to a strange God, shall not God search this out? for He knows the secrets of the heart. Yes, for your sake we are all killed all day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Awake! Why do you sleep, O Lord? Arise, cast us not off forever. Why do you hide your face and forget our affliction and our oppression? For our soul is bowed down to the dust, our belly cleaves to the earth. Arise for our help and redeem us for your mercy's sake. Proverbs 10 20 and 21. The tongue of the just is as choice silver. The heart of the wicked is little worth. The lips of the righteous feed many, but fools die for want of wisdom. I'd like to speak to you today from the reading from 1 Kings chapter 18, and then we're going to jump into Mark chapter 10. And in this chapter, 1 Kings 18, we see this incredible power conflict, confrontation between the God of Israel And the gods, the false gods that the people of the land were worshipping, that is Baal and Asherah. And so Elijah is going to confront them and he tells uh, Ahab to bring all the prophets of Baal and Asherah to the top of Mount Carmel. And there he's going to build an altar to the God of Israel. They're going to build an altar to their false god, to Baal and Asherah. And then call down fire from heaven and see which God is truly the one true only God. So Elijah does something very significant in verses 30 and 31. He says, come closer to me. And all the people came closer and he repaired the damaged altar. Of Hashem. And then Elijah took twelve stones corresponding to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob to whom the word of Hashem had come Israel shall be your name. Verse 32. And with the stones he built an altar in the name of God, of Hashem. Around the altar he made a trench large enough for two seams of seed. This is a prophetic action in the spirit. And recall that during his time, when he's doing this, there's a divided kingdom, the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom. And the 12 tribes are now, um, there's disunity. There's been a great division. And the once united kingdom is now two divided kingdoms. So this is a very powerful prophetic action that he is taking, showing that he wants to draw them closer. In other words, they've been scattered. Come in closer. Come in and be gathered together as one. And then all 12 tribes are now the 12 stones of this altar. I want to cross-reference this with Malachi chapter 4 because there's a deeper principle here at the Rames and Sod level that I want to unpack for you. In Malachi chapter 4 verses 5, 4 through 6 it reads, Remember the Torah of Moses, my servant, which I commanded him in Horeb for all Israel with the statutes and judgments. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the earth with a curse. So one of the main Jobs or functions of an Elijah ministry, an Elijah anointing, an Elijah spirit is to bring the people back to the Torah. Remember the law of the law or the Torah of Moses, my servant, which I commanded him. Bring the people back to the Torah because the mainstream church over the centuries has drifted far away from the Torah of Moses and they tend to camp out in the New Testament only. And they say, and they're thinking that the old Testament is irrelevant. It's meaningless. It doesn't have a place in our life. So one of the jobs or the tasks of the Elijah spirit and Elijah ministry is to draw the people back to the Torah of Moses. And when you make that turn, it's a repentance It's a repentance and turning back too. And then, verse 5, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. So in other words, this Elijah anointing, this Elijah ministry is going to be in operation and functioning just prior to the return of Yeshua. And his job will be to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to the fathers lest he come and strike the earth with a curse. So that can be literal. There's lots of broken families where fathers, there's absent fathers that are far away from their children and really are not connected with them at all. But it can also be a spiritual, deeper meaning of the children today returning to the fathers of our faith. That would be Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Moses, the forefathers, the spiritual fathers of faith that laid the foundation for the entire Bible to return to them. That we don't just follow Yeshua only, um, but Yeshua is found in the Old Testament all over the place. You just have to look and you will see he's there. So back to our first Kings passage in chapter 18, So Elijah building this altar of the 12 stones, it's a prophetic picture of the ingathering of all 12 tribes at the end of days, the 12 tribes that have been scattered to all the nations of the earth. He says, come in closer. That's the picture of the ingathering. And then he took the 12 stones and builds an altar. And then upon this altar is where he calls down fire from heaven. So it's um, a picture of the... Restoring of the united kingdom of all twelve tribes, that no longer will there be a divided kingdom. Continuing on in verse 38, Then fire from Hashem descended and consumed the burnt offering, the wood, the stones, and the earth, and it licked up the water that was in the trench. The Israel Bible commentary to this verse reads as follows, In miraculous fashion, Hashem accepts the prophet Elijah's offerings. This may be surprising, as Elijah did not offer these sacrifices in the Beit HaMikdash, in the temple, in Jerusalem. The only place Israelite sacrifice is allowed. His battle with the prophets of the Baal and his offerings to Hashem take place on Mount Carmel in northern Israel, near the Mediterranean coast and the modern day of Haifa. The sages teach that this was an extraordinary case where, because of the danger of the people of Israel being lost to idolatry, Elijah the prophet was permitted to temporarily suspend the law and offer a sacrifice outside of the temple. As the offering is received and the Israelites accept Hashem's rule, it becomes clear to see that he was right to do so. Sometimes prophets demonstrate that extraordinary circumstances require extraordinary actions. Now, we are in a huge battle right now in the days that we are living in. It's the same battle that Elijah fought in his day. We are fighting against the gods of Baal and Asherah even today. And God is positioning everyone in a place in their life where they have to choose. Who choose you this day whom you are going to serve? Are you going to serve the God of Israel, or are you going to serve the Baal and the Asherah? What is the Baal and the Asherah of today? Well, we have the gods of money, the gods of Wall Street, the gods of abortion, the gods of self and pride, globalism, one world government, one world economy. The golden calf of the uh, clot shot, I'll call it that, or the injection, the bioweapon injection for COVID-19. The god of self. So there's these worldly gods the people are bowing down to. There's literally a big copper bull statue on Wall Street in New York City. Um, it looks just like the golden calf. So we all have a choice. Are we going to bow to the God of fear? Or are we going to walk in faith? And that's the battle that's going on, the spiritual battle that is raging. And each person must choose and must decide which God they are going to serve. And that's the picture that Elijah paints for us, even in this very chapter where fire is called down from heaven and all the people see the power of the God of Israel. And they say and confess with their mouth, the Lord, he is God, the Lord, Hashem, he is God. Now let's jump into Mark chapter 10. And picking up the same thought that we discussed yesterday about coming into the kingdom as a little child, that actually was part of our reading for today, the very next day. And in Mark chapter 10, verse 14, when Yeshua saw it, that the children had been rebuked and told that, They were rebuked. Yeshua said, He was very displeased, and he said, Suffer the little children to come to me, and forbid them not, for of such is the kingdom of God. Verily I say to you, Whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child, he shall not enter therein. And he took them up in his arms, and put his hands upon them, and blessed them. What a beautiful picture! I love this picture that is painted here. That we are to draw near to Him like a little child in just childlike faith, trusting Him. And right now, I'm going through some big changes in my life. And honestly, (laughs) it's a little bit like stepping off of a cliff. I've had to make some decisions and do some things and put an end to something and trust that God is going to catch me that he has something else for the next step. And I don't see it yet. It's a step of faith. I don't see the plan further down the road. So I took a leap of faith and made that decision. And now I have to wait upon the Lord for him to open the door and orchestrate circumstances. And it can be, honestly, a little bit scary, but it's a a test. A test of trusting him and to come to him like a little child that absolutely trusts their daddy. And that's how children are they trust. And we are to trust of a father. And so that's the heart that we want to have as we go through different circumstances in life, knowing that Abba Father is the Grand Orchestrator. He orchestrates our circumstances. He is El Elyon. He is the Most High. He is sovereign, and He allows things for a reason, and you just have to discern what He is doing and then trust Him, knowing that He has it all under His control. Continuing on in this chapter, let's look at this uh, young man who comes to Yeshua and says, Good Master, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? And he says, you know, hey, you know the commandments. Don't commit adultery. Don't kill. Don't steal. Don't bear false witness. Honor your father and mother. And the young man says, I've done these, all, all these things from my youth. But then Yeshua, who loved him, decides to go to his one weak point. Not his strengths, but his one area of weakness. And he says, One thing you lack, go your way, sell whatever you have, and give to the poor, and you shall have treasure in heaven. And come, take up the cross and follow me. And the young man walked away. What does that indicate? That he was putting his trust in his wealth. And he was afraid of giving away his wealth and trusting that Yeshua would provide for him. And as long as... What's the application? You may have a, a nice job with a steady paycheck and automatic deposits that go in your bank account regularly. But if all of a sudden that job were gone, evaporated then it would be a real challenge to trust Yeshua to supply your needs. I'm thinking now of many of the truckers and protesters up in Ottawa, Canada, where in a dictatorial, tyrannical fashion, Justin Trudeau has frozen bank accounts and they cannot access their funds to be able to buy bread for their family. And that's a huge place of having to trust the Lord to supply their needs. And so, that's something that we need to be aware of—that we all have one weak area, perhaps more than one. One weak area, and Yeshua knows what it is, and He will, at some point in time, uh, put us in a situation where we have to—we're challenged, we're tested. Am I going to let that go? Am I going to let that fear? Go and trust Yeshua. He will orchestrate the circumstances so that you and and I will be tested in that one-week area. And my prayer is that we will pass that test, that we will choose to trust Yeshua and not put our trust in anything else but Him. verse 29 and 30, Yeshua answered and said, Verily I say unto you, There is no man that has left house or brethren or sisters or father or mother or wife or child, children or lands for my sake and the Gospels, but he shall receive a hundredfold now in this time, houses and brethren and sisters and mothers and children and lands, with persecutions and in the world to come, eternal life. Basically, to follow Yeshua as his disciple is to be absolutely sold out, holding nothing back. We have to be willing to sell it all, to let it all go, and follow him where he leads. There was a point in my life about five, six years ago where... Um, All of my worldly possessions were down to two suitcases. I had moved to Aqaba, Jordan. And when I moved there, all I owned was what I could fit into two suitcases. And everything else had been sold or given away. It was a huge leap of faith. And in God's economy, in His kingdom... You give, and you can't outgive God. And when you have need later on, what you've given away comes right back to you. I'll give you a quick example. I have a friend of mine who recently had to move, and she had about, I don't know, 30 big gallon jugs of distilled water. And she didn't want to have to lift and load all that water, so she basically gave it away. And then she got moved into her new place. And last night, um, I gave her about 10 big gallon jugs of water because I have no more need for that water at this time. And it just is going to be heavy and uh, have to be loaded and moved. So I gave it back to her. And her comment was, you know, you give it away and God gives it back to you. So in his kingdom, that's how it operates. That's how it works is you give stuff away. And then when you have need of something, he gives it right back to you. You just have to trust him like a child. Abba, I do pray today that you will continue to work in our heart and that we will repent of any fear, doubt, or unbelief and that we will choose to trust you and that our faith would grow like a mustard seed. And that as we trust you, we would see your hand moving as you orchestrate in circumstances. That we will come to you in childlike faith, like a child. Trusting you, knowing that you've got our back. Knowing that you love each one of us deeply and dearly. We love you, we bless you, and we praise you. In Yeshua's name, amen. Ye Adonai adonai vishmarekha yea adonai pana vikunneka isa